there and can make it back. Salutations and shit, guys. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Travel and Shit, your favorite travel podcast. We're your host, Steve Harry, have a nuanced conversation about the ways that travel intersects with regular life. So I'm very happy to have you here. And since you're here, I'd ask for two dose many, many favors. If you could take my listener survey so that I could get to uh, know you guys better, as well as like, share, and rate the podcast on whatever platform you listen to the show. It helps other listeners actually find the show. And the survey actually helps me get to know those of you who do listen to this show a little bit better. So I would greatly appreciate you guys' help with uh, those little pieces of, I guess, information gathering, aggregating info so that I can, you know, better tailor the podcast, add, remove, and adjust things going further. Uh, this week was a really interesting um, and really fun episode to kind of put together and, you know, review, if you will. So I had a random conversation with a colleague at my job. We don't do the same thing. We just happen to work in the same building for different agencies. And mind you, I am low-key miscongeniality. Hi, hey, what's going on? Hey, oh, get home safe, take care. Oh, I'm good. How have you been? Haven't seen you in a while. I talk to fucking everybody, um, especially the black people. So I couldn't tell you what this man's name is. I just have always said hello um, in passing or, um, you know, have a good night and shit like that. We've never had a conversation. And randomly, this nigga comes up to me and starts telling me that he's been trying a bunch of new things. Now, I don't mind shooting shit. You know, I had time to kill. So he didn't necessarily go into detail about what these new things were. But um, I also wasn't going to ask because like I mentioned, I never had a real conversation with him before. And I really wasn't that interested in, you know, getting too deep just in case he got a little weird. Um, But cool dude. And he really got me to thinking about my little quarter life crises that I had way, way back in 2010. Um, I was turning 25 and the kid was terrified, like terrified. And I was mainly I guess scared because I did not see myself where younger me expected I should have been by that point. I low-key hated my job. I've always kind of like hated my job after a couple of months of being at a job. Um, Just because I guess it settled in that, "Mm, okay, this isn't fulfilling the way I was able to, I guess once the newness wore off, you kind of just say, okay, yeah, they're weird. They're rude. And it, you know, the newness wears off and jobs aren't fun anymore. So I wasn't feeling the job. I was not making any kind of money that I should, like I thought by, and mind you, this is back in 2010. 
in my head, I was just like, damn, if I can make like $50,000, I would be straight. Like, <laughs> I live in New York. $50,000 ain't doing shit. But, um, you know, it's, it, in my head, would have been a reasonable amount to had been making at that age. And I was nowhere near making that. Um, what I just had all of these ideas, like in my head, I would have been married and on like my fifth kid by the time I was 30. And at 25, I had no man and five kids in five years with some nigga that I didn't have just seemed so far-fetched. So I was way off from what I thought my life should have been. And I panicked. (laughs) So I joined the gym. Um, What else did I do? Oh, well, that's the point in the podcast of this week's episode. And I ended up embarking on a mini journey. So another tangent, I started, I think this is where I started blogging. I don't know. I don't remember because it feels so long ago. And part of me thinks I was, damn, I really feel like I low-key started blogging in like 2008, but I couldn't find the first one. Because I'm pretty sure I start. So I had a blog. I'm low key, not embarrassed. <laughs> Man, the growth, the growth. And I found this word, this WordPress blog. And if I, I want, I'm thinking, I'm debating whether or not I even want to put the link in the description box. But so I had a blog called The Vixen Experience. And it was the musings of a 20 something single woman just trying to navigate through life. And so I had been easily, easily doing this digital creating thing now for at least 12 years, 2010. So I dug around, found this blog, because I wanted to see what the fuck did I really do during this quarter life crisis? Oh, so looping back, the conversation we had about trying new things, quarter life crises, I decided to also do something new every day for the month leading up to my 30th birthday. That's how we got here. So if you're new here, I tend to go down rabbit holes. I tangent a lot. And if you're old here, if you've been here before, you're you're following along. You feel me, right? Appreciate both old and new all the same welcome to the experience here so 2010 i'm about to turn 25 and i decided that something's got to give and i was rereading my blog posts and i gotta say i was i am quite proud of baby me i you know did not only, you know, a bunch of new shit, but I spent quite a bit of time really reflecting and being intentional. So I guess it should be no surprise that even in my travel life, I kind of naturally transitioned into an intentional traveler. I didn't really realize how intentional I've 
actually been in different spaces and eras of my life. I guess it just didn't look like that to me at the time. So I was rereading these posts and mind you, I remember some of like the, I don't want to say top tier things, but some of like the really memorable things was I went to the movies for the first time by myself. Why did I get married to was the first movie I went to by myself. And it was like unlocking another world. It was like, wait a minute going to the movies by yourself is a fucking vibe. Like ain't nobody here asking fucking dumb questions. Nobody is, you know, getting up and asking me, well, what, you know, going to the bathroom, getting something to eat or taking a phone call and coming back. What did I miss? Bitch, you should have just been here. Right. So I went to the movies by myself. I'd never eaten by myself at the time. So I went to a Japanese restaurant near my apartment and I dined alone. That was like unheard of for 24 year old me. So I did that for the first time. I tried new foods. I remember I was talking to this dude, this Jamaican dude, and we had gone to this spot called, we went to Nagasaki in Long Island in Hempstead. And somehow we ended up getting shrimp with the head on Y'all, I had never even, I didn't even consider what an actual shrimp looked like in the wild. Like I had no clue what the fuck these niggas look like before you cook them. So the idea of eyes bugged me the fuck out. This nigga just ate the whole shit, head on everything. I couldn't do it. I had to take the head off. I had, I, I had him take the head off. I then pulled like the, the skin, you know, the little exoskeleton, cleaned it out. Did not really enjoy that too much, but, um, still an experience. What else did I do? I baked a, I baked that same nigga, a red velvet cake from scratch. According to the blog post, he liked it, said it was good. What else? I did a bunch of new things. Like I tried different candies. I had really difficult conversations with, um, people in my life. Um, what are the other things? Y'all, I had so many little experiences and I did not realize at the time how I was preparing myself for my future self. So I'm 36 now and I've done, I want to say 20 roughly 23 or 25 countries solo. Actually, I'd say I did maybe, let's just say round it to 20 countries solo because I did St. Bart, St. Martin, um, uh, what's the place in Canada? Alberta and like British Columbia with my mom. And then I did Canada with um, my homegirl. So that being said, I didn't realize that I would turn into this solo traveler at 25. I had no idea what my life was going to be down the line. Of course, neither do you, you know what I mean? Like we all have an idea the same way 18 year old me thought that I'd be, you know, working in Manhattan with the power business suit and an office and like drop my briefcase in the morning, Jonathan grabbing my coffee, just hold devil's devil wears Prada that whole, that's where I saw myself (laughs) a very important businesswoman in Manhattan. Right. Here we are, not a very important businesswoman in Manhattan, but 
I did not realize that mundane, simple, seemingly ridiculous experiences would turn out to be such incredibly, you know, life-changing. Going to the movies, who would think that that is anything worth, um, you know, who would think that going to the movies is anything that will prepare you for anything? Like, what about going to the movies by yourself is something to benefit from, right? Um, eating by yourself, not a big deal. When I look at those things now, when I think about those, those activities in this bigly age, and now that they're done already, they just seem like blips on the, on the, uh, the life, the life timeline. It doesn't seem like something that you aspire to or that you have to work yourself up to getting done, right? But at 24, doing things by myself was like a foreign concept. Mind you, I lived by myself and I'd lived by myself for a while. I think I moved out at like uh, 21, 22 or something like that. I moved out in two, no, so it had to be like 22 because I'd moved out May 2008. I've been, yeah, by by myself, well, not by myself now, but I'd lived on my own since May 20, 2008. And so I'd done enough things by myself, but I was still a very social person. I would reach out to and lean on my homegirls to, you know, accomplish so many different things. And I definitely know that that was what one of my main hindrances, if you will, was from traveling even earlier than I did. So I didn't leave the country until I was 30. And similar to the not wanting to go to the mall by myself or not wanting to go to the movies or go out to eat on my own, I thought that I needed like homegirls. I thought I needed a vacation. I thought that I needed to wait until I got to that $50,000 career or, um, or that I needed a career and not just a job before that, before I could afford to travel. I, in my naive younger self did not also didn't have the same social media that we have now. So I was not, um, exposed to the opportunity and the representation in the experiences that I thought weren't for me. I didn't see young black women traveling by themselves. At the time, it was a a foreign notion. I'd seen plenty of vacations. I'd seen plenty of group trips. And because I didn't have those things, I, the bay or the the crew of homegirls to go with, a lot of my homegirls at the time were married or had kids or lived, you know, far away enough that the idea of trying to put together a trip seemed like logistically difficult and just more than we could tackle. And so it was just, you don't know what you don't know until you know that you didn't know it because now you know it, right? Is one of those really kind of compounding things that once it gets opened up and once you're able to fully see it, you realize that Nothing about this was complicated at all. So those experiences of trying new things, eating new foods, I hadn't had a 
fast food burger. I still don't eat fast food burgers. I'll go to Burger King and order nuggets. The only fast food burger that I'd had was um, White Castle. I think I had a burger from Chi Burger Chi Burger on like the Jersey Turnpike, but I'd never had a Wendy's burger. I'd never had like a Burger King. I'd never had a McDonald's burger. Like I'd never had a burger from your traditional fast food burger spots until I turned 24. I think I got like a quarter pounder or whatever was on like the Wendy's. Is that even, is a quarter pounder Wendy's? I don't know y'all. That's part of the point. But, um, I, yeah, I think a quarter pounder is Wendy's. A Whopper is Burger King. Unless quarter pounder is McDonald's. <laughs> Neither here nor there. However, I hadn't had a traditional fast food burger. So I made that happen. I tried a new food. I had eel when I went. I had an eel roll when I went to the Japanese restaurant by myself. The the shrimp uh, fiasco, if you will. I was opening myself up to these new experiences and back to the intentional being intentional part of it. I also spent a lot of time reflecting on these experiences and I wrote about them in the blog and I was, and this is present tense me reading a couple of those posts. I was so impressed pressed low key that I had been doing that then because at the time it wasn't something that I valued as a bigger adult now me deem me now 36 me I understand the value in intentionality and self-reflection the podcast I spend a good portion of my conversations with you guys every week being reflective of my experiences and how, you know, travel has changed me and how travel has opened me up to so many things. But I didn't ever realize how much of the life that I lived before travel actually prepared me for my life of travel. Being intentional about pouring into myself at my little baby age of 24, giving myself those new experiences and giving myself those opportunities to grow in little micro ways. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be buying a house. It doesn't have to be getting married. It doesn't have to be getting, you know, having a child. It doesn't have to be the traditional life milestones that, you know, prepare you or I guess present you to the world as a fully actualized adult. A lot of it actually is a lot of the self-work, like the internal work that you do in the background, that you do when nobody really reads your blog or (laughs) that you do when, you know, you're not sharing it with everybody else. I know that I had, I don't remember who the fucking conversation was with, but I had seen in one of the posts that I'd had really difficult conversations with someone or multiple people. And it's the matter of stepping outside of your comfort zone. And I specifically noted that I stepped outside of my comfort zone. And after the fact, I felt so much better for it. I couldn't tell you what those conversations were, who they was with, but I know they happened. And I know that I grew from those experiences 
And now that I'm able to far removed from them, connect 24, 25 year old me to the experienced solo traveler of 35, 36 year old me, I see how I got here now. And I really wanted to let my experience or hope that my experience could be an example or a, um, I don't know, a picture of being prepared, of preparedness. A lot of times you don't realize how prepared you are for something until that something actually happens. So you can study for a test, but you never really know if you studied the right shit until you take the fucking test, right? So I don't want, and this goes back to what I am hoping my experience and hoping my sharing my experience will um, assist or guide many of you in doing is I don't want you to feel as if you have to over prepare for traveling. I don't want you to feel like you have to uh, have all of the check boxes and all of the, you're more ready for solo travel than you think you are. That's it in a nutshell, right? Basic life shit. It was literally basic life experience that prepared me for solo travel. I went into it blindly. I didn't prepare myself in any kind of way. I essentially, I just kind of figured it out on the fly. Because remember that first trip, I had planned an entirely different country. I had planned for what am I going to do in uh, Martinique and ended up in fucking Bermuda. I had looked at excursions in Martinique. I looked into, you know, different, I I wasn't ready, but I figured it the fuck out because I'd figure shit out before in life. So going to the movies by myself, that prepared me for flying by myself, that prepared me for like eating at a restaurant by myself, you like, it wasn't new. So the idea of eating by myself in Austria or in Spain, or in where anywhere else that I've eaten by myself wasn't a foreign concept, right? So a lot of the things, I don't think you realize how much of the things that you do in regular life that you do in your travel life. And I don't, I'm not saying that in a, duh, don't be like mad extra about it. I'm saying it in a, like studying for a test, you don't know what you're going to necessarily need until you're in that position. And you are, I promise you, you are way more prepared than you think you are. Doing travel in itself doesn't have to, and I think a part of what holds a lot of people back from solo travel is not just the fear of staying safe or I think that that's not necessarily an excuse because it's very valid concern but I think that many people let 
the idea of what they think travel is. And it's not like a phantom, spooky, scary, elusive thing. A lot of travel is mundane. A lot of travel is regular shit that you do at home, just someplace else in a new environment. You still eat, you still sleep, you still navigate, you still bathe, you speak to people. Those things happen everywhere in life. And what I know held me back was an idea of what I thought travel was and not necessarily understanding what I could make travel. Travel can absolutely be, you know, elaborate and exotic locations. It can be luxury. It can be all types of complicated. You can go over to um, another city, another country, you know, and really go through elaborate processes and you can make it as complex as you want. And you can also make it as simple as waking up, going to eat, going to the store and going to bed in a completely different country. Travel gets to be as simple or as complex as you want to make it. And I think that the idea of what travel is can also keep you from understanding that you are capable of getting it done. And I love how social media, the social media of today, because MySpace wasn't doing it for me, you know, Black Planet wasn't it for me that gave me the exposure or gave me the visual of seeing people that look like me doing something that I thought I couldn't do, right? So travel, um, social media as it is now, we can see, you can, I'm, you're listening to me tell you that travel can be wild basic, right? I didn't have that. So now you know, you don't have to make it something that you don't want it to be. You don't have to make it something that ultimately scares you. You can make it as simple, as easy, and as natural to what you're used to as you want. You don't have to go to a country that speaks a different language or a language that you'd be uncomfortable navigating. You don't have to go to a different area. You don't even have to go to a different country. You can go to a different state. You can go... Wherever it is you decide is in your zone of comfort while still stepping outside of your comfort zone, right? So while I may be comfortable traveling solo, I know that I wouldn't be uh, comfortable navigating, say, India solo. I do not feel that I would personally want to um, do that alone. That is something that I would prefer have my boyfriend go with me or drag my brother on a trip to India, right? I would personally feel safer doing that trip with a man because of what I know of how some, I won't say all, because I'll never say that an entire country does something, right? But from the information that I have found and from my own research um, in black women visiting India solo, it's not something that I personally would want to do. Now, mind you, the experiences of people that I have seen 
it's just a microcosm of what actually happens there. My experience doesn't have to be your experience. Her experience doesn't have to be my experience and their experience doesn't have to be your experience. So just because you see it happen one way for one group of people or for someone in particular does not necessarily mean that that has to be the same for you. So I wanted to just throw that in there just so that you also remember that what's mine is mine and yours is yours, right? You're always going to be your special source. I'm always going to be my special source. And that's the same for everybody. So no, no two experiences are going to be the same. However, you, we always use our judgment in, you know, reviews. When I book an Airbnb, I read the reviews. When I, you know, order a pair of jeans online, I read the reviews. Is there a stretch? Is this for like, what body style does this fit? I'm not shaped like this model. So let me scroll through these reviews and see if there's someone that is 5'5", 145, you know? So I say all that to say, you don't often know what you're going to need until you get there. You can prepare and prepare and prepare and not need anything that you've prepared for. You can pack an entire suitcase worth of things. I always overpack, always, every single time. There's always a big chunk of shit that I don't even touch, whether it be clothes, accessories, toiletries, shoes, I always have more than I need. And that's not to say that it was a bad idea to bring it, but I have what I need. What I needed ended up being less than I thought it was. And that also applies to life experiences. You'd be surprised at you know, the simplicity of some of the things I thought were ridiculously complex. Again, back to the idea of just going to eat by myself at a point in my life, I was terrified to do that. And I never, I will never be the girl to go eat by myself. It's like that, um, scene of forgetting Sarah Marshall when he's just like, so just like a table for one, do you want like a magazine? You're not going to be like really lonely. No, you're fine. So I really, really, really just wanted today to be a, you can do hard things. You are absolutely more capable than you think you are. Your regular life has absolutely prepared you for the life that you want. And you may not see it now because the way life works The pieces don't, aren't all there at the same time. You just can only see the parts of the puzzle that you've already put together. Got all the pieces, you just gotta put them together. You don't necessarily see the overall picture. You know what, like, you know, you can choose a box, you know, you can choose what, is this a a nature puzzle? Is this a city? Are you putting together a puzzle of a fucking horse, right? You've got all the pieces. You can't necessarily see the finished project yet, but you know that the pieces are here and when you put them together, you get a picture. Life experience has absolutely slowly but surely, y'all, it's like so, I don't want, it's, it's not one of those things that I can ever really say that I fully appreciate until I reflect. And that's another reason why I am so 
so like big on intentional travel because part of it is you don't get to really appreciate the full value in the lesson until you reflect on the lesson. Not in the sense of like, you know, going back to studying for shit that you don't know you're going to need, but after the fact, you review the test and you see, oh shit, I really fucked that essay up. I found all of these points and I found all this information and pulled it together and whoever was great in this really thought I knew what I was talking about, but you got it done. You had enough things to pull from that you were able to turn in an assignment. And with travel, I think a lot of people tend to really let that picture stop them. It does not have to be as complicated as you think it is. Um, Some of the things that I've seen people really um, harp about is like, well, how do I meet people? How do I, you know, make new friends? How do I talk to people? Well, have you started a new job before? Have you moved to a new neighborhood? Have you started a new school, right? Have you ever dated? Have you ever, you know, talked to the cashier at the grocery store outside of, is this on sale, right? The same way that you navigate conversations with people in your regular life is the same way you navigate conversations with people while you're abroad. You can absolutely pick up little small talk small talk with the hostess at the restaurant when you're traveling. You can, you know, start a conversation with the girl or the guy that's sitting next to you on the tour bus, on the airplane. It doesn't have to, like solo travel doesn't have to be as, like it doesn't have to stay solo the whole way through if that's not what you're interested in. You also have the option now of going on a group trip that is somewhat catered to solo experiences. So like last week's guest, I had Whitney and Tamika talk about the whole experience and how they have women come together from all different life stages and places in the world to come together for a common goal. They're working on wellness and travel happens to be the modality that they, you know, use at that particular time to achieve such. And you realize when you're traveling abroad, you're still, you're still you, you're still the person that possesses the skills that you use to navigate work, school, and family, but now just in a different place. And those skills are absolutely transferable skills. They don't, they don't stay behind with you back at home. You get to bring that with you. So the same way you pick up your phone and use Google maps, or, um, I don't like Apple maps. I'm really not a fan. I prefer Google maps, but my car uses Apple maps now more on that soon. So trying to work through it, but the same way you navigate shit in your home state or like when you're in a new area or you're trying to get to a new restaurant, the same way you use your phone, you do the same thing abroad. It, even if you're in a different country, that blue line, still blue lines. Okay. So I promise you get, as long as you have internet, you'll figure it out. There's also the opportunity to download the map of, um, the place that you're going to be prior to getting there. So that even if you don't have internet, the map will still function for you. You'll still be able to get directions and see where you're going and navigate without, um, internet service. So 
pro tip make sure that you download the map before you get there so if you don't have service you're still capable of navigating but i just really wanted to remind you guys that all you have inside is all you need you have all, what is that quote like all of what you seek is inside or some shit like that doesn't have to be wild deep you're capable you can do hard things and i don't know if i mentioned it here i think i've mentioned it here before maya i think it's maya eloise that's where i heard that uh quote for the first time for so i just wanted to give her the credit for that but I can do hard things and you can do hard things too. And a lot of the things that you think are hard aren't really hard. They're just new. They're just things that you haven't done before. And if you are able to correlate the things that you do that are new for you here, you'll see how many of them are transferable skills that are allow you to do those same things in another country. A new experience, trying something as terrifying as swimming with the mantas in uh, Bali was palatable to me because I've done tons of shit at my current job that initially scared me the first time I had to do them. I've, you know, dated new people. I've made new friends. I've moved from one town to another town. And the same way I make sense of things here is the exact same way that I did it abroad. You just have to navigate a different language maybe or a different set of faces in front of you. Hopefully, not hopefully, but wherever you are in the world, chances are you don't know everybody that lives around you. Look at it that way. It doesn't have to be as big and scary as you're making it out to be in your head. So I would encourage you to reimagine the story you're telling yourself about travel if you're really really like hesitant to go anywhere by yourself and this isn't just for like late teens and 20 somethings this also applies to 55 plus 65 plus like it doesn't just because you've never done it before doesn't mean it has to stay something that you've never done you've done a ton of new things in your life even if you didn't necessarily um, identify and what's the word? Um, like reflect on it being a new thing. A lot of times you do new things and you don't even realize you're doing new things, whether it be a new route, whether it be, you know, actually eating something that you didn't know, you didn't know what it was. Y'all, I've done that. I, I guess that's me just low key being greedy. But um, I'm one of those people, if you don't tell me what it is before I eat it and I fuck up and just eat it along with everything else, I'll be fine. And then be like, oh, so I have had X before. Glad you didn't tell me what it was first. But I would love, 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 love if anybody that feels as if there is, you know, something that they are hesitant to do whether it be travel or anything else even if it's not necessarily travel that is on your you know list of things to do skydiving let's just say skydiving you don't necessarily have to travel to skydive you can find some place relatively local to you whether that local may be like a four-hour drive away or not but I encourage you to 
within context, microdose, right? So I'm not talking about drug microdose, but the same way smaller doses of a drug can have a different effect, consider microdosing new things. If traveling solo is still something that is just a fantasy for you, if it's like a faraway distant idea of something that you will do when you're better prepared, start preparing yourself now. And I'm challenging you in this big new year of 2022 to try new things. Home. You don't have to try them abroad. You don't have to make them life-changing in the sense of, you know, something elaborate. Like it doesn't have to be skydiving is your new thing. It can be, I've done it. It's a great fucking time. It's a beautiful experience. And do things scared. I've done so many things terrified, terrified. I cried before I went skydiving from fear, terrified, but I did it. And once I was able to open my eyes and like, and I had to force myself to open my eyes and I impaled this money to be this far up and to have this one shot to see the world from this advantage point and not do it, right? But you have to do something scared. Skydiving, that first international flight, the first time, the first time I went anywhere, Bermuda was only, is only like three hours from New York. So that didn't really creep me out. Going to Morocco was the first like far trip that I went to and that I was terrified. Cried in the airport, whole nine. I had to call a friend to talk me down because I was so scared, but I'd already gotten to the airport and paid for this whole trip. So there was no way that I wasn't going to go, but I did it scared anyway. So I encourage you to try new smaller things, whether it be reading a new book, trying a new food. Um, I'm trying to think of different things that at different stages in pick up a new hobby. Don't know how to draw, find a YouTube page or a YouTube channel that, you know, teaches you step-by-step how to draw something. It doesn't have to be something that you are interested in continuing. It doesn't have to be something that you fully need to, uh, fully actualize and develop into like a marketable skill. It doesn't need to be a new business. Try doing new things so that you get into the routine and into the habit of stepping outside of your comfort zone. And I promise once you get, you know, acclimated to the version of you that you see doing new things, and once you get familiar with the version of you that you can now see is growing and stepping outside of your comfort zone, the world gets so much bigger. Your options get so much more grand and you'll be able to kind of have a better gauge at your own intuition also. One of the things that I kind of, I'm gonna hold you, I got in my little feelings a little bit. One of the posts I was realizing that I needed to trust myself so much more. And it's something that I still struggle with. 12 years later, it was, I was clipping the nails of some nigga I was dealing with. I know who he was too, but we ain't gonna go there. But I was cutting this man's nails 
And I was cutting so little off because I was so terrified of like cutting too short and hurting him. This nigga fell asleep. And I was reading the post and I was just like, it dawned on me that this nigga trusts me. Like, I know when I go to the nail salon, either I clip my own nails before I get there because they, they're never able to get them as short as I really want them. Or I'm like low key hovering and like expecting her, to, like I'm like really watching and like my fingers is mad stiff letting them cut because I'm too scared that they're, I don't never, I don't ever trust them that they're going to not hurt me because sometimes they just feel like they're not paying attention and they just go across and it is what it is. So in my experience of clipping nails, this person was absolutely just leaving it all on the line and they trusted that I wouldn't hurt them. They trusted that I'd be able to get something so simple done for them without there being, you know, pain and, you know, uh, damage to their fingers, but I didn't. And it was like a little light bulb went off. Other people trust you. Maybe you should trust yourself a little more. And it's still something I'm working on. And a lot of things that you work on or that you work on or that you identify doesn't necessarily mean that that's it, right? Like you, you sometimes you need to relearn a lesson or you need to revisit a lesson for it to really stick. How many times have you tried to memorize a poem or memorize a prose or some shit for fucking school? Two weeks later, you don't forgot the whole shit, right? You got to go over it again. You got to try to memorize it again. Some things stick. Other things don't. Learned how to tie your shoes. That shit stuck. Somehow trusting myself is one of those things that I'm still working on. But the point is that I'm fucking working on it. And it's not, and I know for certain, it's not going to be one particular project that I pull off the bookshelf and open up. And once the book is complete, the lesson is done and it's been, you know, taken care of. I'm not going to book one magical trip, have one magical cooking experience and make one magical friend someplace overseas that's going to aha me into learning all the lessons that I need to learn. It's never going to be like, you know, one particular thing, right? It's a, it's an amalgamation of all different things. It's a collection of experiences that you get to kind of put on your bookcase and create the library with. I love a good analogy, but I really, really, really encourage you to try new things in small doses and not be afraid to revisit a lesson. Go over it again, take your time and use the things that you already have to get the things that you want in the future. Travel is so much more than vacation. And it's been like the last couple of days that I've been just thinking of all the little things that I paid very little attention to at the time or the things that I'd forgotten about. I I completely forgot I cut that man's nails. Why is that something I would hold on to, right? But in reviewing it, I realized at the time how significant an experience it was. But it's one of those things that kind of just fell by the wayside. And I didn't 
hold on to it and I had to relearn it. And sometimes that could be the fun in the experience, right? That may not have been the experience that clicked the realization and that kind of put that process of trust uh, in me, in my spirit. It is one of those things that is going to consistently be built on. It's kind of like your intuition. You don't just go on one car ride and then trust that you can now navigate any neighborhood. It's a consistent practice of seeing so many different places and driving during very, uh, driving in multiple different driving conditions, driving in different neighborhoods, driving in different vehicles that makes you a good driver. It helps you trust that you can feel when someone's going to cut you off. It helps you tune into when somebody, when like you notice two cars, three cars ahead of you, they're starting to slow down. So now you need to slow down. Those things kind of become instinctual. You're able to better navigate the road because of your experiences and trusting that, all right, you know what? Let me pull over this way. Let me go this direction because I know when it rains, it's a shit show. And I think that building your intuition is a very similar process. It's not something that you cherry pick and you put in a bag and carry the bag with you. It's just a buildup. It is a collection of experiences that you consistently just have to do so that you're better at navigating. And for me, my intuition has really been one of those things that I have not focused uh, enough on intentionally. I don't think that I have really paid attention to a lot of the little, little, little baby ways that I am tuning into my intuition or giving myself more new experiences so that I have to trust my intuition and that I have to trust my own judgment in little ways so that when the big ways come about or when I am in a situation where I feel as if the results or the consequences may be a little bit more um, permanent or long-term should I make the wrong choice, it's going to be easier to make those decisions when I've had enough of the experiences put into the bag of intuition building. So remember that it's not an experience, it's a collection of experiences. Don't let yourself fall short of all of the experiences you have. Don't look at the perceived lack of something when you're not able to really focus big picture. It's kind of like missing the forest for the trees. You're focusing on this one tree right in front of you and you're looking at the imperfections. You're looking at, you know, the leaves and you're like, oh, man, well, it's not that big or, oh, this is huge. It's great. It's beautiful. But then you realize that it's surrounded by other really incredibly unique, huge and beautiful things around it. And that's what your intuition gets to be built on. That's what your life experiences get to be built on. And if you put them all together, brick by brick, book by book, story by story, note by note, whatever your thing is, 
you get to be the total picture. You get to be the wild, the unseen picture of what and who you will ultimately be. And for me, that has been like the reflection of the week. It's one of those things that comes in little pieces. It comes in little waves as you kind of like, you know, get older and you interact with friends differently. You interact with family differently. You interact with coworkers. You interact with the world differently because you, you're different. I'm not the same me that I was when I was 25, nor when I was 15. You're not the same person you were at 15 or 25 or 55. You're different at every stage in your life. And if you let those prior life stages, the way I let, didn't know I was letting um, 25 year old me, 24 year old me influence so much more. You don't have to see it happening, but if you reflect on it and look for it, it's all right there. So I hope that was hopeful for somebody. And if you have more questions, I'm absolutely here. You can reach me at dcarry at travelandshippodcast.com or feel free to DM me on the socials if that's where you find yourself more frequently. Those links are all in the description box, but you know, the episode notes below to the left, whatever the platform you're listening to has them on. I'm here. And I would love to hear from you guys. All right. So I think dinner is ready. I'm going to go eat. I loved sharing this conversation with you. And I can't wait for the next one next week. Bye, y'all.